you know, when you talk about peer pressure, everyone has assigned a negative connotation to it, right? It's like they're going to force you to drink or do drugs or, or something like that. But, you know, if you have good peers, you know, they're going to help you get better. So that's where that can be positive into to helping you become uh, the better version of yourself that, you know, either you want for yourself or other people believe that you're capable of being. Welcome to Pave Your Own Path, where I get a chance to speak with driven individuals from various industries to better understand the challenges they face to achieve success. This podcast is intended to inspire others to follow their own passions and to help understand the value that you already bring every day. So let's get started. Good morning, beautiful people. JT, I want to thank you for being a part of this show and taking time in your schedule to share your story today. Um, so the listeners know, JT and I have known each other for just over a year now. I knew he would be perfect for this podcast because of his endless care for helping others and the overall drive that he brings to every task he performs. He's an incredible mentor of mine and the main reason I was ready to be vulnerable enough to start this podcast. This is the effect of positive peer pressure, which we might dive into a little bit later. JT is a huge believer in the idea that anything worth doing is worth doing well. And if you want to be a champion, and get champion results, you need to practice like a champion in all walks of your life. To also give the listeners a better understanding of the aura JT presents, imagine you just walked out of the best motivational speech and you are finally ready to tackle your biggest goals. Unfortunately for most people, this motivation only lasts a short while and they go back to their autopilot. JT maintains that energy and drive throughout his career. So let's dive into this interview because I'm ready to roll. JT, how are we doing today? I'm doing well, man. I, I hope I can live up to the the introduction. That was a that's all world, all class uh, introduction right there. So I, I appreciate the kind words. Oh, of course, man. It's well deserved. Well deserved. Um, so we got our first burning question for you. What does JT stand for? JT stands for James Tyler. Uh, I was named partially after my father, James William Rogan, uh, but my mom. Had some indecision, uh, so gave me two middle names, Tyler and Elliot. So James Tyler, Elliot Rogan. Um, Elliot gets neglected oftentimes when they ask you for middle initial. I have to default to T, but uh, that's it. Very nice. No, had to ask that. So you passed along the, the T to your child. Um, so he's got good old Roy Thomas. There you uh, go. So I like to go in a little bit of chronological order to give the listeners a better understanding of who we are. Um, so could you start off with maybe your childhood, get everyone a better understanding of where you grew up, maybe your family life and any interests or hobbies of yours at the time? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was born and raised in San Diego, California, uh, proudly. Uh, San Diego is generally a city for transplants. People move from all over because they like the weather and you know they, they want to be near the beach and all that stuff. And so um, I grew up there and, and lived in a lot of different parts. Um, primarily because uh, I went to college there and moved around and decided I wanted to see different parts of the city. But growing up there, um, just really loved the city, uh, loved the sports teams, was a big San Diego Padres fan, went to the World Series in 1998 against the Yankees, uh, and just always was into sports. And so I played baseball and basketball and football uh, in high school. Uh, I gave up basketball because I wasn't very good at it and, and wanted to focus on baseball and football. And um, more than anything was just, uh, you know, I, I like to think that I was the best of the, the two, uh, my two parents, the, the best characteristics they have. I felt like I, I really 
was able to embody those. And, and so they were caring and outgoing and um, decent athletes in their own regard. And so, so many of their best characteristics, I felt like I, I was on the receiving end of. So, um, you know, in, in high school, uh, I had a lot of success playing football and, uh, and baseball was, was uh, a pretty good sport for me as well. My first hit ever in, uh, in high school baseball at varsity was, uh, was against Adam Jones, who's a, a longtime major league baseball player was a first round draft pick. Uh, so that was a, a feather in my cap, but ended up, um, ended up just sticking with football and, uh, really, really thought that that was the sport for me. Um, and so I, you know, I enjoyed my, my high school career and, uh, and academics were, were a focus of mine as well, because I wanted to have you know, as many opportunities as I could, but I was, was just maybe, uh, an IQ point or a brain cell short of being in the Ivy league. And then, um, I was probably, you know, a, a tenth, a second, a tenth of a second or, or two off of being a you know, world-class you know, football player. So I, I played well um, and went to school well and was a, you know, a good student and a good athlete, not exceptional in either, and um, ended up going to the University of San Diego to play football. It's a non-scholarship school, so I had to pay my way there. Um, so loans and, and um, you know, grants and scholarships all were, uh, were on the table. But uh, ultimately, I had to pay my own way there, and um, that was that was really a foundational period for me. Uh, you know, going to USD, being a Torero, uh, was was something that was really awesome. And like I said, I got a chance to move around the city and and see more of the six one nine, as I would say. And and really, it was uh, it was an awesome experience. That's incredible, man. I uh, I never moved around a lot. I always stuck in the same house. Born and raised Carmel, Indiana. Um, like I said, and, but were there any, I, I can imagine that being, um, pretty difficult moving from time to time, but were there any major events that shaped your life at an early age? Um, I mean, we, uh, we, we moved a bit, you know, and, and my, uh, my stepdad went to jail for, um, you know, being a crooked police officer. So that was, uh, that, that probably uh, was an eye opener. And then, uh, you know, my, my grandfather, uh, was a millionaire and then ended up going bankrupt in the eighties in the, uh, savings and loan financial scandal or crisis, if you want to call it that. And so, you know, these were things that didn't necessarily dramatically impact and affect me at the time, but the further I get away from them, the more context I get, you know, the more I understand that there was kind of a, a passive impact, you know, and I don't mean to blow over the fact that, you know, the stepdad went to jail necessarily, but, you know, I've, I've just believed so much in, uh, controlling your own destiny and uh, manifesting what it is that you want for yourself in life that, um, and to a fault I've, I've done that because it's, it's caused me perhaps to have a lack of sympathy or, um, to not understand where other people are coming from. But, uh, it just, to me, it, it's procedural. It, it's something that happened. It's been part of the procedure or part of the, the process. And, um, how you respond to that and how you decide and elect to overcome an obstacle like that is uh, is entirely up to you, uh, regardless of whether or not you believe that. That's what I believe, and so I choose to create my own my own narrative that way. And um, I just was really resilient, um, even from an early age. And so, uh, if there were issues, I know in Coronado in high school and and middle school, we we moved around a lot because. Um, there was some tumultuousness with my mom's uh, second 
uh, or third husband, my second stepfather. Uh, so, so we, uh, we moved around quite a bit, but, you know, just maybe the standard things that, that would throw people for a loop just never really seemed to get in the way for me. I always had a, a pretty good idea of what I wanted for myself. And, um, you know, if, if there was an obstacle or something that stood in my way, uh, I, I wouldn't let it detract from my effort or my, my energy, my intention and my attitude about it. Yeah, no, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Um, when you talk about manifesting your destiny, I know you've mentioned this a lot in our conversations. Uh, had you dreamed of being a kid and attending University of San Diego? And uh, what was that like attending that university for you? No, I, I definitely hadn't dreamed of, of going there. You know, the younger years of my life, I, uh, I tried to strike a balance between um, letting life, you know, take you where it's going to take you or take me where it's going to take me. And then also applying effort and, and trying to create results in my life that I wanted for myself. Um, and so I wanted to play football at a really high level because I believed that I was good enough to do that. But um, you know, the football talent evaluators didn't think that a 5'10", 165-pound you know, running back who didn't have breakaway speed or any exceptional talents or characteristics about him could be uh, an asset worth paying for and giving a scholarship to. So um, there weren't uh, there weren't a ton of coaches that really you know, thought highly of me from a football standpoint. And then, like I said, my academics were great, but not exceptional. And uh, they were, you know, uh, probably not worth paying uh, an exorbitant amount of money for for having an academic scholarship. So it kind of it put me in a, a unique place. But University of San Diego was on the rise at the time. Uh, Coach Jim Harbaugh had just taken over the football program. Uh, and uh, and so it ended up being a, a good landing spot for me. And I uh, wasn't sure that that would be the case, but uh, ended up going there and uh, really enjoyed it and made so many great relationships and memories and, um, and really defined who I was and, and came into understanding you know, what it is that I wanted for myself while I went there. Yeah, that's incredible. And I don't know, quick question, what was your mindset like during all of this? So when you're told that you, um, your height is going to define you and that you're not going to be playing on the team or you're not going to be playing uh, first string, what was that like for you? What was your mindset at the time? Again, I said, you know, that I was fairly stubborn and um, or resilient or whatever trait you want to uh, assign to it. But um, I, you know, athletically, I just always believed that I could do it. Uh, and when, what does that mean? I just, I don't know. I, but I believe that I could succeed and I could be successful. And, uh, that was fairly unwavering. You know, there were just a couple, you know, short periods of time, maybe where that wavered, but, um, was just really resolute in having that mindset. Yeah. And the, the reason I asked that is because I kind of wanted to transition because you're the person who, um, you always talk about having a positive mindset and the benefit that that offers. Um, when did you start taking your mental health seriously? What prompted you maybe to do so? And how has it affected your life? Well, about a year and a half ago, um, you know, I, uh, I had transitioned from Michigan to another job uh, working for QB Collective, which is a you know, company that pairs high school, high school quarterbacks with, uh, with NFL coaching. And uh, there was a lot of business opportunity there. But um, for a number of reasons, it didn't work out the way that I had hoped it would. And so um, I find my I found myself in a, a transition period, and ultimately, you know, ended up working for the same company that that we work for, SnapRaise. And um, I I really decided to take that um, 
misfortune or that downtime or whatever you want to call it and really, you know, dedicate myself to personal and professional development. And, you know, people are probably thinking, wow, you've been doing this, you know, for a year and a half, you probably don't know what you're talking about, or, uh, you know, here, you're not, you're not going to be very well versed in anything that you've only done for a year and a half. And, um, I try and accelerate the feedback loop. Uh, and I, and I feel like I succeed in doing that. And so I get as many reps in at something as I possibly can. And so, you know, in a given week, you know, uh, this week, for example, you know, I am listening to three books on tape and reading one, uh, nightly. Right. And so I'm, you know, tracking down as much knowledge as I can get my hands on and say nothing for the fact of, you know, that I, that I read, you know, things that people send me or I, you know, watch different clips or speakers. And so I, I'm trying to, um, aggregate all of the best information that I can get my hands on to shape what it is, um, that I wanted to find for myself as, as my mindset or as, um, you know, what it is that I believe and how people should approach life. And, um, and I listen to, opposing opinions. You know, I definitely listen to Trevor Moad, who talks about having a neutral mindset. And there certainly are benefits to that. But overwhelmingly, um, I just I believe in positivity, and thinking positively, speaking positively, and, um, and acting positively, and very easy to say, uh, much harder to do, especially um, in a in a pandemic. But you know, if you choose to be positive, and you default to that action, and that mindset, um, it's, uh, it's going to, to really have some great results for you if you, uh, if you're committed to it. Yeah, man. No, I love that you say that. Um, because I'm, I'm, I'm in a new town, Evanston, Illinois, for everyone who doesn't know. And I was stuck at a light the other day, but little did I know it was actually green. Everything else is red. I'm learning the streets around here. And the guy behind me just laid on his horn for a good 10 seconds. And, uh, I, I, I just smiled, gave a wave as a thank you for letting me know, but a lot of the time we can take those instances and maybe give the middle finger and just have a terrible rest of your drive. You could maybe cause an accident. You could do a lot of other things. I got to hear this on your solo podcast as well. So um, I love that you're continuing to strive for that because I, I believe I try to implement the same things in my life. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. You've, you've got to be your own expert about life. Um, you don't have to live the way that everyone else tells you to live. And so honking at people, getting road rage, um, performing in a similar way to everyone else, you know, going to McDonald's or eating junk food, um, or even the, the phrases, the adages that people use all the time. And, and I, and I don't try and correct people necessarily. Um, but you know, good morning, uh, something as simple as that. Well, great morning, you know, fantastic morning, right? I mean, it's like, you you can default to operate at a higher setting outside of your comfort zone. You know, people say it is what it is. I choose to believe it is what you make it. Um, you know, there are so many little things in your life that I really, truly, and strongly believe that you can you can modify that and you can decide to to behave differently than the way that that everyone else does. And so, um, if you you know. If you look at this pandemic, for example, you know, everybody's like, man, this is, this is crazy. Coronavirus is crazy, you know, and, and it's unknown. And, um, 
And certainly it is, you know, the novel coronavirus, as they call it. I mean, at some point it was crazy, you know, uh, but it, it mostly has been the same thing, particularly for the last month, where you know what you're up against, you know the limitations that you're facing, and then, you know, 10% of life is what happens to you and 90% is how you respond to it. So, you know, what you want to do with your day and how you want to respond to um, this foreign, unfamiliar environment is is up to you. And I'm not here to say that this time isn't crazy, but I'm here to say that at some point, the way that everyone else is defining something uh, and the way that you choose to uh, define it or live it or experience it is uh, is allowed to be different. And being the expert of your own life and thinking with your own critical mind about what makes the most sense to you really is uh, is to me the best way to, to go about living life. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you, man. Um, I want to go back to something you talked about earlier when you talked about your feedback loop, because um, it sounds like you've been elevating your game for the last year and a half, especially. Um, now, when you were speaking with the CEO of Ford, you had asked a question that I want to also ask you. Uh, you mentioned that people who are at the top or excel in their field crave feedback. So how do you extract feedback yourself in different topics of your life. Um, if you would like to share both professionally and personally, it's up to you. I just wanted to get an understanding of how you extract your own feedback. It's really tough to get honest feedback and quality feedback. And I, I ask for it all the time. And not to say necessarily that I'm a top performer. I'm not trying to put myself on that podium or pedestal you know, for the judgment of others. I believe that I am. Um, but it is really difficult for people to give honest, genuine feedback because they worry about any repercussions or hurting your feelings. And, um, you know, Ray, Ray Dalio, um, one of the wealthiest people in, in America, um, wrote the book principles. And I, I listened to that on, um, on audible and they demand feedback and they, they need it. And if you could just not take things personally and not be offended, um, there's a great opportunity to learn from, you know, the opinions of others. And, and so the interview with, with this, the CEO of Ford, um, you know, I, I went in there and recorded the video and the audio, you know, by myself and was, was pretty ambitious that way. But I mean, if you could imagine doing a podcast, you know, you do one episode a week or two a week, maybe you're ambitious, you do three a week or four a week. I mean, I did three in a day. I, I did, I went to the headquarters of Ford. Um, and that was an awesome experience because um, I'm a huge fan of Jim Hackett, and I think he's a genius, and he is the smartest person that I've ever met, at least you know uh, all around. And I interviewed him, and then my next interviewee was uh, the sleep doctor who did the sleep programming for the Washington Nationals, and um, I did that in person, Dr. Mita Singh, and and she's. Uh, among the experts in sleep programming and, and optimizing your, your body for, um, for its performance through how you sleep and how you expose yourself to light. And then after that, I went and interviewed in person, Kirk Gibson, who, you know, was a MLB all-star and, um, and really he helped accelerate this, this path for me of, of, um, you know, personal development and mental skills sharpening. And, um, you know, I did those three interviews in person. And so, um, to get really good interview guests is hard, but you can work as hard as you want. And truthfully, I mean, I probably could have got another interview guest or two in that day, but I mean, I was also, I was also working and, and, um, 
conducting business with SnapRaise that day. And, and so you can work as hard as you want. You can achieve whatever it is that you want for yourself in life. And, um, and you can get feedback even passively. You know, people don't necessarily have to um, tell you word for word verbatim or, you know, uh, give you that feedback verbally. They, I've, I've heard 55% of communication is nonverbal. Uh, I, and I've heard that in Chris Voss's Never Split the Difference. He's 738.55 rule is, is what he said. And I, I think, uh, I, I don't remember the splits exactly um, what 7 and 38 are, but I remember that 55 is the, the nonverbal communication that you get from people when they're talking to you. And so, um, you know, you can, you can be intuitive and you can get feedback that way. Um, but even when I worked with Coach Harbaugh, um, going to speaking engagements. He always wanted to know how he did. Um, and a lot of the top people that I've been around always want to know, especially when they're in um, a realm that's foreign to them or something that they're not experienced in. You know, Tom Brady probably doesn't want feedback or doesn't crave feedback necessarily on um, how he's doing as a player. He's got a pretty good understanding of, of how he's you know, performing professionally as a football player, but if he's golfing, like he's planning to do, uh, you know, in this, this tournament here, I don't know if it'll happen before or after this, this podcast airs, but you know, there, there are things that people want to get better at. And typically when they're not at the top of their game, especially really competitive people, they want that feedback so that they can continue to improve. And, and, uh, to some extent, you know, that's the, the meaning of life to elect, to be the best version of yourself in everything that you choose to to be great at yeah um that 735 did you say 735.58 maybe 730 uh, 738.55 yeah so the 58 i believe what you just said is the nonverbal. it's crazy how we uh, break this down what we think is most important is least important and how it works is basically the 58 is the nonverbal. i think or 55 is the nonverbal. one of those whatever you said uh the second biggest number 35 or 38 i've written down a bunch of numbers that is, I believe, the tone and uh, a lot of these other factors that go into it. The 7%, which I believe is the smallest, is actually just the content. So I think the actual smallest portion of that is what you're actually saying. So, uh, no, thank you for touching on that. What is the best way you believe people could start to uh, ask for feedback? Because I think this is huge. I think it's a, something that people don't do enough of. So somebody who does not do this at all what is the best way they could start just asking for feedback to ask the people who know you the best who care about you the best um or the most um and start there um and i really believe that if you're looking to find your passion in life that you need to take what you're good at what other people say you're good at and what you believe yourself to be good at you know so again three things what you like what you think you're good at what other people say you're good at and find where the overlap is there and do that. Um, that, that old adage, if you you know enjoy what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. I, I don't know about that because I think in order to make progress, you've got to do the work. Um, and that's going to require, you know, putting yourself in, in convenient spots in, in terms of time or dedication to something. But, um, the, uh, I, I lost my train of thought there, Matt. What the the you're, question you asked? I'm sorry. Uh, I, well, I kind of want to switch right there. When you just said uh, you'll never work a day in your life, I love that uh, because that was on my last on one of my last podcasts as well. Somebody said that that's just not true at all. And I know you've interviewed the CMO of Xbox who mentions um, 
basically working longer hours than normal. I think it's hard for a society to understand this phrase because uh, I think I looked up a study that said about 70% of people are, are unhappy with their jobs. So to understand what it means is you just crave your job so much, you love what you're doing, that you're willing to put in the hours. Um, and you know at the end of the day that you're benefiting someone else, you're benefiting yourself, and you're putting time back maybe into your community. So um, that's how I take it. You'll never work a day in your life. I don't. It's not true at all, but you want to put your passion so deeply into it and you understand the benefits in the long run. Yeah. Uh, that, that is, that's, I mean, in general, that that's a, a way to look at it that, um, that seems accurate and fair to me. Um, you, you can do more for yourself, uh, and you can create your own destiny and you don't have to be hijacked by, again, someone else's vision for your, for you or for, how they see you living. And again, in, in being your own expert, uh, you control your life. And if you want to do, uh, if you want to work at a job that is fulfilling and something that you enjoy doing, then um, it's as simple as, as just doing it. Now yeah. uh, there's, you know, there's a, a process or, you know, a reevaluation that you have to go through um, to, to figure out what it is that you want to do. But um, you, you talked about feedback, listen to what other people say. And coming back to the question before, um, listen to the people closest to you because they're going to help you navigate to what it is that you should do with yourself and they'll be the most honest with you. Um, you might need to you know, not listen to your mom because all, all moms think their kids are the best. But um, but even Debbie. then, if, well, <laughs> but, I was saying, Debbie is not talking to you. That's my okay. Mom. Okay. Yeah, no, of course not. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and, and some moms will be blunt and honest and frank and, and really give you great feedback. But um, you know, listen to the people that care about you the most, um, and ask them for honest feedback and ask them, uh, sometimes you have to ask them multiple times, you know, because they'll tell you what they think you want to hear. Um, but eventually they'll get there and, and they'll be able to, um, to give you some insights that maybe you hadn't thought about or different ways to look at something, but, um, you know, you can create the, the job that you want for yourself. Um, if you're willing to do the work. Yeah. And it's great that you mentioned that because, I know you're one of the people, obviously, who asked for this feedback. And even me, myself, I find it hard to give somebody negative feedback, not negative feedback, but just tell them something that they could be working better on or uh, maybe be doing differently because you're supposed to only give positive thoughts to build positive vibes. But in the end, that's not helping anyone. Um, so I love that you touch on that. For everybody who's listening, his podcast, by the way, is If You Don't Grind. Um, go check it out. He's on Apple, Spotify, anywhere else they can find you. Yeah, just about everywhere. Um, did, a, did a pretty good job of uh, canvassing the, the podcast platforms. Yeah. And uh, what would you say are your main goals for the podcast and who is your target audience? The main goals are really to, to help people recognize their own personal greatness and then to, to help empower them to work towards achieving it. And anyone who wants to get better, you know, that's, that's the, the target market. If, if you are seriously invested in trying to improve yourself, then, um, you know, the content ideally will, will resonate with you. Um, that's, it's all, you know, we're all in this thing together and, and what I'm trying to do and, uh, I feel like I'm succeeding is, is aggregating, uh, really all of the, the different vantage points and viewpoints of, of so many different experts on this topic. And then, 
um, thinking critically for me, you know, what makes sense and then trying to regurgitate that in the, in the, a manner that resonates with, um, my logical brain and, you know, what, what it is that I, I think makes the most sense for, for people who, uh, undoubtedly are trying to get a leg up and they're trying to make the same type of progress that I am. And so it's a, a journey that I'm on together with my listeners and on it myself, uh, indefinitely, hopefully for the rest of my life. Um, but it's, uh, it's something that I really enjoy and look forward to, to doing each week. Yeah. And I imagine in this last year and a half that, uh, you've kind of been excelling a little bit more, uh, than maybe you had previously. What, uh, what are some habits you feel like you've created to keep a positive mindset and what's the importance of habits in your life? Yeah. You know, the last year and a half has really accelerated it. And, and I, I think that I, you know, started off with, um, you know, a good set of skills and, and certainly had some great experiences over the last, uh, 30 plus years. I'm 33 years old right now. Um, but you know, the habits I've set in place for myself, especially lately, um, has been, you know, committing to working out every day. Um, you know, hydrating, uh, stretching before I go to bed, um, you know, being accountable for what I eat. And so having a, uh, an accountability buddy, uh, to, to, you know, encourage me or, or, you know, help, help with my diet and not that I need help necessarily, but I, I've decided the things that I want for myself in life. And then I, I work towards achieving them regularly. And, and so doing that habitually is, uh, is something that can benefit yourself. And so, if you say that you want to lose weight or you want to go on a vacation or you want to learn a new skill or pick something up, well then do it. You know, you, you don't have to talk about it. You can just, uh, you can have that become the outcome. Uh, and there's no reason not to. And so if you don't like your job, you can move and change. And so, so many times we have limiting beliefs or doubts, insecurities, uncertainties, things that, that get in the way. And, um, it really is as simple as just changing the way that you think about it. Um, because you can achieve a lot more than you think you're capable of. Yeah. And you mentioned, uh, you and I have talked about this uh, in my kitchen before, the five whys. I want you to dive into that a little bit uh, and see, it, help us understand if that affects how you decide what is a habit for you or not. Yeah. It, I mean, it's a, a Japanese philosophy where you, you just keep asking why uh, to get to the bottom of something. So, um, you know, for example, if you're, you know, you want to do something, I, I want to lose weight. Okay. Why? You know, if you, you ask it five times, you'll probably get to the bottom of, I want to lose weight. Why? Oh, because I don't like the way that I look in my jeans. Why? Because I used to look really good. Um, but I don't anymore. Why? Oh, because, you know, uh, back then I was eating better and I was more active and everything. Why? Oh, because I had more energy and everything. And so, you know, by asking why repeatedly, uh, you can kind of maybe take some of the emotion out of it, but definitely understand where you need to be coming from and uh, where you were at, where you're at now and, and what it's going to take to get there. And a lot of the times they do that in business, right? It's like, okay, we need to make more money. Why? Because you know, we need to have better returns for you know our, our stockholders. Why? Because they're the people who vote us into our positions. And if they don't like us, then they're going to vote us out. Why? Because they need competent people leading their company and securing their investments, right? So you can you can go down the rabbit hole a little bit. And, and so you can do that with uh, a lot of things in life uh, to, to really find out you know, what the motivation is and, um, and how you need to go about achieving it. Yeah. And everybody listening, I would do this in any aspect of your life. I think it's so important. Um, I, cause I wanted to work out and that was the wise that he was basically asking me. And I found out I, I didn't want to work out actually. 
I just wanted to live longer. So I've been exercising as far as just taking long walks, doing push-ups here and there. But besides that, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to end up in a gym uh, lifting a lot, which isn't wrong. Everybody has their own hobbies and what they want to do and how they want to excel in their life. It just wasn't for me. So getting down to the bottom of that was very important. So I would highly recommend it. Um, well, it, it can be like that in all walks of life. Like people tell you to go to college and, you know, with the expense of college and how it's been outpacing the, the rate of inflation significantly and you know, what is the value in taking four years and going to get a degree versus, um, you know, learning a vocation or a skill or a tactic or traveling or having real world experience, you know, and I'm, and I'm not saying to not go to college, but if you just think about the things that people tell you and, and what they say, and even from the medical community, right? If, if, you know, if it doesn't resonate with your logical mind, you know, uh, think about how, how you might, you know, best decide to, to treat some, some condition in your life. Uh, understand that uh, a lot of the solutions that are offered in medicine and in education um, are, are supported by people making money off of that. You know, it's, like uh, the people who would tell you that you need an agent for, you know, representation are agents. You know, the you know whether that's real estate or or sports contract negotiations. Like what you really need in sports contract negotiations is a lawyer and a negotiator and someone who who operates in that capacity. And you know, most sports agents that that I know are not lawyers. Um, so you know, just again, being your own expert, thinking with your own rational mind, and arriving at your own conclusions on your own allows you to really be the the captain of your fate and the master of your soul to quote William Ernest Hensley. Hey, hey, there we go. Um, and yeah, I love your comment about college because college was created at a time where, um, information wasn't so easily accessible. Uh, so at a time where it was needed to go in order to get jobs and now we're able to learn anything we want to online. Uh, but you still can't get that piece of paper necessarily. So I think that's what frightens people is they don't have the certification that says they're qualified. Although you can learn anything you want from YouTube or any resource online, really. Um, so I'd love that you touch on that as well. Yeah. And college is great for, for socializing and interacting and, and going and being a part of a community um, and learning skills that are important. It's not necessarily um, vital that, you know, you know, the, the history of, um, you know, medieval, you know, architecture or whatever, but, you know, doing the tasks and the actions associated with the learning that you, that you find in college, those are important, different ways to problem solve time management, um, you know, different styles of teaching, you know, and, and how you connect with them. Uh, they're all the, the lessons that you learn from time spent in college are, are valuable. Um, but I think that for many people, um, the, the time can be better spent and the money can be better spent elsewhere in, um, you know, especially for four years or, if, you know, people extend and take victory laps, you know, five or six years, um, you know, you can, you can find a way to spend that time of your life and, uh, and learn at a, at a higher rate, you know, with, uh, more specific, uh, learnings and discoveries related to what it is that you want to do. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. Um, now you mentioned in your solo podcast, um, that so JT t typically interviews people in his podcast. Uh, he does have one where he does a solo podcast. Uh, definitely check this one out. Um, you get to hear a, a lot of great little nuggets in this one um, from his own experience. And so you mentioned in this one that peer pressure has a negative connotation uh, and you believe it's because people may surround themselves with bad people. 
Um, could you give us an example of positive peer pressure in your life, uh, maybe something you've experienced and what it means to you? Yeah. And, and before I get to that, I'm just going to say that, um, you know, I've been a professional broadcaster. I'm capable of being really funny and outgoing. And this episode is none of that because, um, you talk about seven, you talk about the seven thirty eight fifty five. like, I don't want, um, the delivery of the message or the content or anything to distract from it. I, I think that delivering this in an over the top, really energetic fashion, I don't know that that's the right way for it. Plus it's early in the morning. So I'm, I'm giving you a, a more sedate version of it, but when, you know, when you talk about peer pressure, everyone has assigned a negative connotation to it, right? It's like, they're going to force you to drink or do drugs or, or something like that. But, you know, if you have good peers, you know, they're going to help you get better. You're their iron sharpens iron. So you, you're going to be the average of the five people you hang around with the most. And for me, you know, I had a great peer in college. He ended up being my best man. And he was, uh, John Matthews was an athlete who was better than I, who, who was better than I was. He was stronger. He was faster. Um, and we had a lot in common, but mostly just the willingness to want to get better. And so we pushed ourselves, you know, together and pushed each other. Um, but you know, he never made me worse, right? He was just always a positive influence in my life and, and still is to this day. And so if you surround yourself with really good people, you know, um, to some extent, you know, Laura for you, Mara for me, our, our significant others, um, they pressure us into doing good things and to being better versions of ourselves. And so, um, you know, you, you can be affected positively by the people you choose to surround yourself with. And so that's, that's where that, that peer pressure can be positive into to helping you become uh, the better version of yourself that, you know, either you want for yourself or other people believe that you're capable of being. Yeah. I thought that was uh, something that I pulled out that I absolutely loved because, um, when, before I started this podcast, I, I, I knew I wanted to get out there and start some form of communication with people in order to help others. I didn't know what that was. And I think I had texted JT and just told him about what I wanted to do. And he's like, well, I'm going to challenge you to at least post one thing tonight. And I was like, yeah, right. Tonight, I only got six hours to do that. I'm not posting anything. Uh, I decided to go up to the challenge. That's positive peer pressure right there because if he wouldn't have done that, I guarantee I would not have this show right now. I would not be interviewing anybody and I wouldn't have anybody listening and hopefully bettering their lives. So uh, thank you for that, my man. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some of the, the things that I, I really believe in here, I'll, you know, I'll touch on. But, you know, when preparation turns into procrastination, then you've got a problem. Um, and so those are some PR words. But um so many people want to craft the perfect podcast or they want to do something, you know, as well as it can be done and they plan and they prepare and, you know, maybe they tell everyone about it or they don't tell anyone about it. And, um, you know, and then things change and then maybe they get insecure. Maybe they don't do it at some point. You just have to do it. And so my podcast, I interviewed people, uh, on video and on audio for, you know, eight episodes. Um, but then I just decided, you know what, I'm going to do this every week and I'm going to figure it out. And I don't know what the podcast is going to be, but the fact that I've got a goal and I don't know how to get there, it doesn't preoccupy me. That's not something that creates, creates worry or angst in my life. And so, you know, marching forward and actually doing things that you say that you want to do for yourself is, uh, it's very reaffirming and it's positive and you know that you're getting that stuff done. So, um, starting a podcast is not, um, 
is not terribly difficult. I've consulted many people on doing it, but uh, not very many people have had that come to fruition or, or they've, you know, they've just kind of lightly dipped their toe in. They do one episode a month. Um, you know, you can, you can think critically about it and you can go back and I mean, clearly you're doing a lot of episodes. You can understand, okay, what's working for me? What's not working for me? Are there certain types of episodes that are getting high engagement? Are there um, guests who've been fantastic? Or is there something, you know, a specific industry that I want to go down or, you know, how is this podcast evolving? So you can think critically about it. So people say work smarter, not harder. Well, you know, I prefer to do both. I prefer to work smart and work hard. That's going to get me the best results that I want for myself. And so working smart and working hard requires you to do the damn thing. So, you know, when, when you, you know, put out that you're going to be doing the podcast, other people held you accountable. You did a lot of research uh, and you've ended up with a really good product that sounds great and that is, you know, well promoted and, uh, and you developed a new skill and undoubtedly you've, you've inspired and motivated people to, to go after things that they want to do in their life. I'm sure that there are people who are like, man, that's, that's really impressive that Matt just decided he wanted to do this. And then he, he turns out these episodes on a regular basis. You know, there, there are people, you know, in your life that you probably don't even know about who are inspired by the fact that you took the bull by the horns and you did what you said you were going to do. And, um, even though you rarely post on Facebook and try and make your profile harder to find by not putting your first <laughs> and last name, like most normal people, uh, you know, there were a lot of people that were like, man, good, good on you, Matt. Like, can't wait to, can't wait to see it. Can't wait to hear it. Yeah. No. And I, and I think, uh, one thing I've learned from this for me is the importance of having a mentor. Um, so anybody listening who doesn't have one, you should definitely get one. Um, because there are a lot of people are self-motivated and can do their own things, but a mentor is just like a coach who can help you achieve things you never thought were possible which is what I believe a coach is the purpose of a coach is. Um, what well, you, so. you, you take coaching in every aspect of your life, right? I mean, there, there's so many people who are trying to help others, whether it's a boss, a manager, an actual coach in sport. And so for your professional development and, and personal development and guiding your way through life, it, it makes sense to have someone else collaborating and thinking with you on that. Because um, if you don't know where you're going, then how, how are you going to get there? Uh, and so I've got a great mentor. I, I work hard at mentoring people on a weekly basis and some facet or component of, of their life. But, you know, my mentor, Frank Bartonetti, has worked with CEOs and he's worked with athletes and um, is exceedingly accomplished in that way. And I don't pay him a dime. Uh, not that that's something to brag about, but, you know, there you can have access to experts and people who are really great and fantastic mentors and you can manifest that into your life as well um, if you decide to. So um, there, there are ways of, of creating your future the way that you want it to. And really, it's about thinking it and intentionally working on having that come into fruition in your life and, and really believing that that's a possibility. Yeah. And I also think it's important for me to, because as I said it, I, I realized I, I wouldn't have known if I'm just listening. I need to give actionable steps as well. So how do you find a mentor? If you want to touch on that, feel free. But for me, it was my manager and then other people that were higher up in my company that I respected that I knew had a good head on their shoulders. And you just keep close contact with them. Um, I don't think I ever asked who you be my mentor, but just someone who you highly respect, who who can look after you. So kind of like an accountability partner, but at the same time, they'll, they'll drive you to your best results. So uh, could you touch on that? Maybe how someone could find a good mentor for them? 
it's really, really easy uh, to find a mentor. Uh, look at the people who have the results that you want. Look and see if they live life the way that you think it should be lived, and then engage with them more often. And and to some extent, you know, your friends are mentors. You know, they'll give you feedback and they'll they'll give you dialogue. But if your friends are not doing the things that you want to do for yourself, or if you don't see people having results around you that that you think you want, then find people who have those results who appear to be living the way that is consistent with your values and, uh, and find those people as mentors. I, I really am a huge proponent and fan of, of living a life that is consistent with your values. And so like, if you believe in being faithful to your spouse and you believe in having integrity and you work for a boss who lacks those things, um, who is not honest, who, who does not, you know, maintain a quality relationship with his wife or doesn't treat his kids well or her kids well, then, you know, don't, don't follow them. Don't, don't be in that job. Find a way to, to, um, cure yourself of that existential discord, as I call it, or that misalignment or that lack of harmony or lack of balance in your life and choose to interact with people who live the way that you want to live. And so when you talk about finding a mentor, yes, seek out people who, have the results that you want, who live the way that you want, and just simply interact with them more. And that will be a form of mentorship, the conversations that you have and the interactions and the discoveries and the dialogue. And, uh, and you know, how that comes to be is, uh, you know, is on a case by case basis. But, you know, just by interacting with people who live the way that you want to live and have the results that you want to have, um, that will be a form of mentorship and, and you can choose to have that. I love that, man. Um, Last question for you. We'll get this wrapped up. It might be a tearjerker, so get your tissues ready. If there is one life lesson you want to instill in your son, Roy, more than anything else, what would that be? That you can do anything that you want in life. And there is no limit to uh, to what you can do. And so many times in life, people look at what has happened and they use that as the justification for what could happen. Um, and if you look at the stock market, you know, or you look at unemployment, you know, in a current in this current coronavirus, right? Like, oh, we certainly couldn't have that level of unemployment, and then we have it. You know, for thousands of years we couldn't fly in a plane, and then we did. You know, you used to have to buy encyclopedias um, to to access information. Now it's at Wikipedia and at the you know your fingertips and on the internet. You know, so you can do more than you even think you can. And it is my ambition and my aspiration to um, to allow everyone in the world to have access to mentorship for free or for cheap. Um, that, that is my life's goal and my mission. And I've got um, a vision for what that looks like. And that vision might change. But if it does change, that's not going to hijack me or what I'm doing. Um, but. I truly believe that you can do whatever you want in life and having lived it and seen it, seen other people do it. There's no reason not to believe it. And there's no reason not to think that way. So um, more than anything, um, my wife and I are raising him with uh, an incredible sense of self-confidence and self-belief um, because that is a really, really ultra mega impactful, powerful um, trait that, that people you know, need to need to have. And so our son needs to know that he's got the, all the confidence in the world um, from us 
that he can achieve anything um, because he can and and you can if you want to and anyone listening can um, and if you think that you can't you're right but if you think that you can um, you you might also very well find out that you'll be right too but negative thinking works 100 percent of the time there's no reason not to think positively especially when you know there's so much science that uh, justifies and backs up the facts that um, you know what it is that you want for yourself and what you allow your subconscious mind to focus on ends up manifesting itself um, in your conscious mind, in your life. And so believing that you can do anything, um, it sounds aspirational and like a, a Disney movie, but it really, it really is the truth. And if you want something for yourself in life, you have the full license and opportunity to go and get it, especially in the country of America. Um, but even if not, Shad Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, moved to this country, you know, and started off as a dishwasher, you know, making like, you know, a buck an hour. And then, you know, got education, worked his way up, started a business, you know, fabricating car car parts like bumpers and things like that. And now he's, you know, one of the wealthiest people in the country. Like there's no timeline for how quickly you can have success and there's no limit to the amount of success that you can have. That's beautiful, my man. Uh, I know Roy is going to grow up to do some incredible things, so I'm excited to see his journey. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. Really appreciate it. Uh, let's all get educated together. Go listen to his podcast, If You Don't Grind, You Don't Shine, uh, which I'll be sure to add a link in the description. How else can people find you? On social, um, I've got a, a, a great guy, Dave Solfero, who helps me with Twitter, Instagram. Um, I do the Facebook and, and need to do a better job of it um, because you know clipping content and being accessible on all social platforms is important. But um, you can go to ifyoudontgrind.com to interact with me. My phone number is six one nine five four nine seven nine nine zero. You can call me. Yeah, you know I'm I'm available. I, I don't just uh, you know provide this these thoughts and and everything. You know I, I walk the walk and I want to be accessible uh, for everyone. So if anything that I have said has uh, resonated with anyone and they want more information or or maybe they don't believe it and they want to have some intelligent discourse about it, I'm fine fine for that too. I'm I'm here for everything for everyone. Um, you know at some point you know, my, my bandwidth will be maximized and I won't be able to interact with more people or help, I guess, uh, others. But for now, uh, I've found that I'm just, you know, I work hard and have more conversations and learn more. And so I, I really do relish the feedback and the opportunity to interact with others. So, um, my personal Twitter handle is at J T E Rogan. And then on Instagram, it's at J E T Rogan. So, you know, all the acronyms, all the initials, all the, you know, whatever, just, I gave you my phone number, However you want to reach out to me, if, if you know, that that's a value, then um, you can do that. Awesome, man. No, thank you. And anybody who – go check out his LinkedIn page as well, j.t.rogan, because um, there were a lot of pieces of his life that we didn't even touch on. Um, I know you were uh, – we briefly talked about your broadcasting, but anybody who maybe is going into college just getting out or is a broadcaster right now, reach out. I'm sure he'll be able to answer any questions and love to as well. Um, if anyone listening has someone who they admire and want to recommend for the show, please send me a message at paveyourownpathpodcast at gmail.com. If you yourself feel successful, let me interview you. Hope you learned something today. Please once again ask yourself, how do I bring value? Pave your own path and have a wonderful day. Mm -hmm.